Amen. Hey, everybody doing well today? Are you blessed? Five of you are blessed. That's a good thing. That's right. Well, hey, maybe by the end of the message today, the word of God always lifts you up, always edifies, always feeds. So, hey, there's a reason why we we're, uh, why we had some James Brown playing. And, and uh, he, James Brown is going to help me preach part of this sermon. Because if anybody knows how to preach about the resurrection, it was James Brown, the Godfather of Soul. And uh, at least the way I hear his songs. So, so we're going we're gonna to run through a, a little bit of a, a list here in a second. But we're talking about the power of the resurrection today. And uh, I, I love Easter. Uh, I, I know today is Palm Sunday. And traditionally, folks, we, we would talk about the triumphal entry of Christ. And Kate did such a, a beautiful job articulating uh, the meaning of Palm Sunday and, and all the things that would take place uh, within the passion of Christ, of the Christ uh, throughout this whole week. Uh, leading up to resurrection, which is what we'll celebrate officially next Sunday. But uh, those of you who've been sticking around really for the last three weeks, we've been talking about uh, the resurrection and because there's just so much life and so much hope. It would be one thing had he died, just died for our sins. We needed our sins forgiven. We, need, we needed uh, a sacrifice to take our place. He, he, he did that. It would have been wonderful had he just died and then been buried so that our sins and our past could be buried and forgotten. But, but he didn't just stop there. He, he got back up. He got up so that when we die out to our sins, that's not the end of the story. We get to get back up and live in new life and, and celebrate. He, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, the Bible says. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are being made New And it just doesn't happen at the time that you first believed in Christ. It happens throughout your continued faith walk. If you're going to walk in faith, you're going to go through times of, of suffering, crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. You know, uh, you're going to go through some, some blessings. You're going to go through some challenges. That's part of your faith walk. If you're walking in faith, if you are someone who not only just believes in God, but if you believe God and you're allowing his word to be active, you take him at his word, uh, walking in faith. To all of you who are new faces today, thank you. Uh, I've been saying this the last few weeks. You could have been anyplace else on the planet, but you chose to be right here with us this morning, and we're honored that you would do so. Thank you so much. Uh, those of you who live in the neighborhood, you're getting to worship with fellow neighbors. And uh, those of you who are outside of the neighborhood, hey, you're part of our family. Come on, come on in. You're, you're neighbors. You're just greater neighbors. <laughs> uh, but that's really what we want to do. We just want to get together today, lift up the name of Jesus, and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to change us and, and minister to us. So uh, allow the word to, to take hold. Those of you, I, I tell you one thing, I've, 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 out of all the gift bags I get to pass out and all the new folks and faces I uh, I'll tell you one of my favorite places in the neighborhood now, because uh, there's different sections that have, every section kind of has its own personality, but if any of you guys live in the elements, do we have any of the folks that live in the, man, I love the elements. Y'all are some fun people and friendly people, you know. Uh, folks down on the south side here, they're kind of suspicious, like, what in the world are you ringing my doorbell? You guys are like, hey, someone's ringing my doorbell, all right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so if I ever get lonely, I'm going to go ring some doorbells up in the elements. You guys, you guys will visit with me, chat with me. Amen. So today, uh, today, by special request of Mark Sneed, no, I'm telling you, he didn't, he didn't request this. Uh, yeah, well, 
almost as good. Those of you who are new here, those of you who are new here, if you happen to like wrestling or if you have any questions pertaining to wrestling and the history of wrestling, you can see Mark Sneed. That guy knows everything there is to know, and he will teach you how to do the iron claw and everything. So, uh, but almost as good, almost as good. Uh, so today, I, I want to present just to kick this. This is James Brown. What I believe, I believe. This is not from James Brown's estate. They're not claiming this, but what I believe is James Brown's ten steps to walking in resurrection power, based on his songs. Okay. Not like, like I had a conversation with him and he taught me a Bible study or anything, right? But here we go. Step number one, get up. <laughs> get up. If you're going to walk in resurrection power, you need to get up. The Bible says, arise, shine, for your light has come. That's what all he's trying to say. Step two, get on up. If you're not going to get up, the next thing, you need to get on up. In other words, having done all to stand, stand therefore, the Bible says. Sometimes you just got to get up, stand, stop wallowing around. Jesus didn't, on the third day when he got up, he didn't lay around and say, how could they crucify me? I thought it was good to them. You know, it wasn't like, man, no, he got up. Step three, y'all ready for step three? Y'all taking notes? Get up and do my thing. The Bible says we are saved according to his purpose. In other words, God saved you, not just so he could say, hey, look, I saved you. No, he saved you according to his, he's got a purpose for you. You got a thing to do. Get up and do your thing. You know, resurrect, be alive, come alive in Christ. Number four, get up off of that thing. (laughs) We just got through like grooving to that. Get up off that thing. What thing? Well, look. All of y'all got some kind of thing going on. Paul said, letting go of that which is behind me, I press on for the mark of the high calling. In other words, you got to let go of some things. You need to get up off of it. You've been wallowing around on it too long. Get up off of it. Let it go. Send it in the past. Step five, get on the good foot. Anyone remember that? That was a little bit more of a 70s group. Get on the good foot. Bible says that beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news, who bring the gospel, and the steps of the righteous man are the order of God. So get on the good foot, walk in a righteous path. Number six, get Papa a brand new bag. Papa got a brand new bag. What does he mean by that? Hey, I, I, I think he means, hey, so sing a new song to the Lord. Praise him in a new way. Get out of your comfort zone and just worship the King of Kings. And the father today, right? Step seven, give it up or turn it loose. Give it up or turn it loose. Submit yourself, humble yourself to the Lord and he will exalt you. You got to just submit, right? Number eight, make it funky. Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, do with all your might. David even said, play skillfully before the Lord. In other words, do things with excellence for the Lord. You know, make it funky. That's all James Brown trying to tell you. Number eight, don't take no mess. You have power to tread on scorpions and to take up snakes. You've been given a lot of authority. You, you don't have to put up with the enemy. You don't have to put up with things. You don't have to let him rob you of your joy. Finally, number 10, stay on the scene. Stay on the scene. Like a preaching machine. <laughs> Michael, I know we're in church, so you can rely. I got your back. 
I'll change the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> stay on the scene. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. So there you go. Give it up for James Brown's top 10 steps to walking in resurrection power. Get up, get on up. The power of the resurrection. We're going to read from Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Uh, I'm going to read from the Amplified Version today. And I'll just look on the screen with you here for a minute. I love what Paul says his purpose is. You remember? you got a purpose. you got a thing. Get up off that thing. Get up and do your thing. That's what it is. Get up and do your thing. For my determined purpose, my thing is, is this, that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Woo, that right there will preach. That's really what we want to do, isn't it? I just, I want to know him like I've never known him. I want to experience him. I don't, there's nothing that the world has to offer that could substitute what he can do and be and how he can manifest in my life. I want to know him that way. Well, this is how Paul talks about knowing him that he says, and that I may in that same way, in that same deep way, come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which is, it exerts over believers. Think about the, the resurrection. He's like, there is some kind of power that is connected to the resurrection and I want to know it just as much as I know him, just as much as I conceive and perceive him. I got to know what that resurrection power is. This is, and that I may so share in his sufferings and that I may fellowship with him in his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death. He's saying, I want to understand what his sufferings were about so that I can be Transform, that's a powerful word. Your, whatever form you have of yourself, whatever form your life has taken, whatever limits you've placed on yourself or perceptions you have on yourself. The word trans, you put it before that, it means to go beyond, to move past, to rise above. I want to rise above the limitations that I have placed on my life and that others have spoken over me. And I think I can do it if I can understand his suffering. If I can understand what that was about, even to the point of his death. So I need to suffer with him some to the point that I can die out to some stuff. Because the only way you can understand resurrection is you got to first die. You can't come back to life if you ain't dead. <laughs> right? Then he goes on to say that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me up out from among the dead, even while in the body. So in other words, we can actually die before we have to die, if that, if that makes sense. You can die out to some things long before you physically expire. So, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, Siri. I'm talking as loud as I can. Just, just bear with me. Man, turn me, turn me up. Siri can't hear me. 
that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual moral resurrection. Even while I'm in the body, I can, I can, I can experience death, burial, and resurrection. That's what this whole walk is about. It's a continual cycle. It's not just at the point of when you first come to the Lord. But you will go through life with challenges or sufferings to the point that you will die out to some things so that you can encounter resurrection. And it happens over and over and over. Sometimes you're dying out to multiple things at different speeds, <laughs> you know? You may go through a week and go, woo, I got the victory over that. And then you may go through a decade still trying to get over some things. So it's, it's this process. There's something about, so why, why do we have to suffer? I don't understand it fully, but there, I know this, that when I've gone through some suffering in my life, those are the times that I encounter some of the sweetest fellowship with him. To know him and the fellowship of his suffering, Paul said. You know, with, through some of my darkest hours over the, over the last two years of my life, there were nights that I, that I felt that I suffered the most. And those were the nights that he came and he pulled up a chair. And he, the Bible says he's a man of sorrows and he, he's acquainted with grief. It's as if the Lord pulled up a chair and sat down beside me and said, hey man, I, I know all about suffering. Cast your cares on me. And I'll stick closer than a brother. He said, hey, I've, my brother's already gone on to be with the Lord. He said, I got your brother with me but I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll stick closer. And there's something about, you know, when, when we're in those woe is me moments, if we'll stop and understand that he's closer than ever, that he is more tangible than ever. Why? Because he knows what it means to, to feel rejected. He knows what it means to, to, to suffer and to hurt and to go through pain. And you can encounter him in some of the most sweetest and intimate ways because what happens is, you sit there and you say, Lord, I think I'm going to die. And he says, that's exactly what you're going to do. I'm trying to get you to die out to some things. I'm allowing you to go through some things. What does it mean to die out? It means all, you, you can't hurt a dead man, can you? You can't harm a, a dead woman. Why? The dead. So all of a sudden, you may be right in the middle of a situation, and that situation may not be going anywhere, but now all of a sudden, it's not really having any effect on you, any impact on you. It's no longer stealing your joy. It's no longer stealing your, your focus. It's no longer controlling you. Why? Because you're just dead to it. Have you ever encountered that, where you've dealt with something, you dealt with something that was such a heavy weight, heavy weight, and all of a sudden, one day, you're just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm done. I know I have to deal with it, but it doesn't have me. It's like that. You remember the man that got lowered down through the roof? You know, his friends were so determined for Jesus to heal him, and Jesus did heal him. He said, Take up your bed and leave. You're healed. So the bed that represented, the bed that represented the curse that he dealt with all of his life, the lame man, he said, Take up my bed and go. I don't want nothing to do with this bed. I've laid in this bed for years. Jesus said, no, take up your, dead and, your, your bed and go. He still had the bed, but the bed no longer had him. That's 
what's taken place. If you're going through some major trial, maybe within your family, on your job, within your life, and you feel like you've been suffering for it, hey, the Lord is closer than you've ever thought. And you can encounter sweet fellowship with him that's going to lead to such a knowing that you're going to know him in resurrection power. We're going to talk about here in a moment what's so powerful about the resurrection. And he's trying to get you to the tomb with him, to fellowship with him and suffering all the way to his death. He's trying to get you into the tomb with him. Why? Because there's something powerful that takes place in the tomb, right? Let's, let's read uh, what, what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6. He's talking about baptism. All right, the word baptism in the Greek means, baptismo, it means buried, to bury, right? So if you say, well, I'm going to be baptized this week, you're actually saying, I'm going to be buried this week. You're buried in water, right? So Romans chapter 6, starting with verse 3, says this, Are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized are buried into Christ Jesus were baptized or buried into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by the baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. Or you become a new creature, right? The whole meaning for baptism. So, uh, uh, man, I've, been, I've had the honor of baptizing several of our neighbors out in this lake. We've utilized swimming pools, right? If you're here and you want to be baptized today, come talk to me. I'll get you hooked up. We got plenty of pools in this neighborhood. And, and, and when it warms up enough, we got a giant pool right out here. <laughs> and, and we can get you baptized. Uh, so, and, and this, is, this is why, this is the, you know, just to kind of repeat the meaning of baptism. It's because you, you are buried with Christ, but you don't have to stay there, right? Like, I'm not going to keep you underwater long. Why? Because I, wanna, I want you resurrected. So you get to rise up in newness of life. Old things have passed away. All things are being made new, the Bible says. All right? So, so I've, I've pointed to this example of baptism to point out something that takes place in burial. Why he wants you to walk with him in suffering why he wants you to walk all the way to the point of his death and get into the tomb with him. It's a very isolating experience. It's not always fun. You ever felt like you were right in the middle of the crowd, but you're all alone because of what you were going through? Well, then you're exactly where you want you. You're in the tomb. You got to die out to some stuff, right? The, here's the power of the resurrection. One of the, one of the powerful things about the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 2 and each of them, this is talking about the children of Israel when, they, when, when God delivered them out of Egypt. Remember, Moses takes them out of Egypt, takes them through the Red Sea. We all remember that Sunday school story, right? Into the Red Sea. Pharaoh is in hot pursuit, just like Sheriff Buford T. Justice, Ryan. I'm in hot pursuit of Moses. Don't get me started on Sheriff Buford T. Justice. That's a bitter point for me today. Some of y'all understand why. <laughs> Each one of them allowed. What was that, Ryan? You want me to tell it? What? All right, I'll tell it. So, <laughs> so you know, you, Erica and I are dating. And she said one of the most romantic things to me the other day. 
I looked at her and I said something. She said, you know, that's who you remind me of. You remind me of Jackie Gleason, Sheriff Buford T. Justice. <laughs> Look, I need therapy, guys. <laughs> so I'm in hot pursuit. I don't know. I don't know what to think of that. So now, now if I if I look up, look at Isaac's pulling up a picture. He's trying to figure out what it looks like. Look at that. Pull that. Pull that up, Isaac. Pull that up. So I need, I need prayer because I'm trying to reconcile that. And Erica needs prayer because apparently she's looking at that picture going, mm, I'm dating that man. <laughs> Whew. Get in the car, Junior. Get in the car. And each one of them, this is talking about Pharaoh's in hot pursuit. He's heading into the, to the Red Sea, right? Uh, chasing after Moses. Moses and the children of Israel get on the other side. And then, of course, we know the story. The Red Sea closes up and Pharaoh and his armies drown, right? And Moses says, now look, says, says, he said, behold, everyone stand still and see the glory of God. The enemy that you see today you'll never have to see again. Now, look what, what Paul is talking about, that whole scenario. He compares it to baptism. And each one of them allowed himself also, so he, each one of them made a choice to follow Moses, to be baptized or buried into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And there, there's a whole other lesson with the cloud that kind of walked around, that floated around with them. But, but we're talking about the Red Sea here. They, they made a choice to follow Moses and to be buried, to be baptized into Moses, into that, that, that dispensation and that era. By passing through the Red Sea, that was a form of baptism, and then they came out the other side, they, they left as slaves, but they came out the other side a nation. Just like we are delivered from being slaves to sin, and we're delivered onto the other side of our resurrection as a holy nation, the Bible says, you know? And, and so, so this is a form of baptism. They died out to one identity. They woke up to another identity with all their provision being met in Canaan land. But notice something about the story. The enemy followed them into the grave, into the tomb, but the enemy didn't come back out. There are some things, that's the power of resurrection. There are some things that are going to follow you into the grave, into the tomb. When you suffer with the Lord and you die out to some things, there are some things that will follow you into the tomb, but they don't get to come back out with you. Woo! You are free. That's why things that have agitated you for years, things that have crippled you for years, things that have kept you at bay for years, all of a sudden, when you just let go and you die out and you yield to him, you may have them still around you in your life. You may have to deal with them on a daily basis, but
but they don't have power over you anymore because they went into the grave with you, but they didn't come back out. That's the power of resurrection. That's the power of coming back to life in Christ. And it will happen over and over within your time walking with him until the day he chooses to, to take us home that we'll continually die out to some things. You're gonna go through some rough spots. Jesus said it. In this world, there will be trouble. If you, if you actually look in the Greek, the word for trouble there is the same word for storms. So in this world, your little world, just like in, if you could see the earth as the world, you'd be able to identify some storms. Jesus said, in your world, you're gonna have some storms, but be of good cheer. Why? Because he didn't say, I've overcome the storms. He said, I've overcome the world. I control the entire, I control your entire world. And so if a storm crops up, don't worry about it. But Lord, I'm having to suffer. That's all right. You're going to get to know me through that time. Lord, I feel like I'm dying. That's all right. That's exactly why I'm taking you. Why are you taking me to the tomb? Because there's some things in your life I'm trying to rid you of. And they'll follow you there, but they're not coming out the other side. Just as Moses said, the enemy that you see today, you'll never have to face again. Let's all stand. Lord, thank you for your victory. Thank you for your resurrection power. Thank you that we don't have to just die out to things, but you help us to get back up. And so, Lord, I speak over this, this crowd today. And in the name of Jesus, I command you to get up. We've wallowed around long enough. We've stayed at bay long enough. Come back to life. Resurrect. Walk in freedom. Say, well, I, I still haven't gotten over some things. Well, that, that just means you, you're not died out yet. That's all right. Fellowship with them for a while during the time of suffering. Lord, give us the courage to know you to know you in such capacity that we can recognize this process in our life over and over and over. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for life. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for resurrection power. Lord, give us the courage and the anointing to get up and live and be everything you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to worship one more time together. He is the great I am. Anything you need him to be in his life, in, in your life, he can be. Amen.